The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Wimbledon has begun today uh, and of course a lot of the talk about Novak Djokovic he may not be world number one but he's a favourite in the men's draw and a lot of interest in the women's draw in the absence of Serena Williams someone who knows all about the Wimbledon uh, surface conditions and likely prospects is Connor Nyland who's a former professional tennis player himself Connor, how are you? I'm good, Anton. How are you? I'm very good. Can we start with the women's side of things? Because in the absence of Serena, it is a fairly open um, prospect in terms of who might win it. Who would you have your eyes on? Well, Sviantek would be the favourite going in. She was um, she was really impressive today. Straight set win. Kind of hasn't... She won Junior Wimbledon. She's got some experience on grasp. but has never put together uh, a big run in a Oh, well, the, the, it, it was all starting so brightly after we gave it a theme tune and everything and now it ends precipitously. We will do our best to get uh, Connor back in. In the meantime, just a reminder, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get us at 53106 at a cost of 30 cent or you can WhatsApp 87 106 and you can use those numbers if you have any views uh, on longitude because Tom Dunn was on with us um, last week and one of the things he said that took a lot of pressure off me was that if either of us were able to name any of the artists at longitude, there was some Something fundamentally wrong with the continuum because we were of a demographic where we shouldn't know who any of them are. So news, for instance, that uh, Chase B. Ring Ring uh, and Travis Scott made a longitude appearance. I don't know what that means, but Tom has a reliable source because a different Dunn, this being Tom's 16-year-old daughter, was at Longitude, which was her first festival. So Tom will be giving us the details on her experience at the first festival, what it's like to be the father of a festival goer, and also what Longitude was like. So if you happen to have been at it, or if you have somebody who was at it, 53106 or 087-1400-106. In the meantime, I think we have Connor back on a slightly more resilient line. Connor, are you with us? I am indeed. Hi, Anton. Can you hear me okay? It is perfect. You were just talking about straight sets wins. Maybe you might pick up. Yeah, so uh, Igor Skrantek, uh, probably the favourite going into this, won in straight sets today, uh, looked impressive. Um, she's had uh, one junior Wimbledon, but maybe hasn't put together a run um, in senior Wimbledon as of yet, but has been the best player in the women's game for the last 18 months or so. Um, so you would have thought she's the favourite. Um, uh, Patrick Gavitova is maybe a bit of a, a bit of a wild card or outside name uh, over the last couple of years. She's obviously a, a former Wimbledon champion, won it a couple of times. She won a big warm event on grass a couple of weeks ago, won Miami in March, uh, 33 now, but can still uh, do some serious damage on grass with that big lefty serve, big lefty forehand. So, She's somebody maybe to watch out for as, a, as I say, a little bit of a potential outsider who could come through. At 33, she is a, a mere child by comparison to <laughs> Venus Williams, who's also at this year's Wimbledon. Yeah, uh, Venus is 43 now. Um, believe it or not, it's incredible. But obviously you see it on the men's side over the last few years. Uh, Federer was really competitive up to, say, 40. Djokovic is still the best guy in the world at the moment at 36, Nadal 37. So, and obviously other sports, even look at Johnny Sexton, who's still going really, really well. Tom Brady, obviously with the work that these guys are doing off the court over the course of a 20-year career, they are clearly getting some extra extra years and some extra gains with all those, you know, city anti-injury uh, prevention exercises that they have to do. And it obviously works. 
Well, this then brings up Djokovic and the, what he's facing into because he has the prospect to equal the record for uh, majors and he has the prospect to, is it also equal the most Wimbledons if he wins the eighth? Yeah, correct. So he's at 23 Grand Slams. So he's one ahead of the Dal at 22, but one behind Margaret Court. He's at 24 Slams, a record that Serena Williams um, really had her eye on for the last four or five years. Obviously now retired, um, unless she makes a comeback, which you wouldn't completely rule out, but uh, it looks like Margaret Court is probably out there at 24. So Djokovic has won the first two Slams this year. He won Australia, won the French. He's looking really, really good again today. He won in straights. So he's looking to put them daylight between himself and Nadal, potentially equal Margaret Court's record at 24 slams and still on course for a calendar Grand Slam. Um, it's pretty incredible. So uh, could be up against it against Alcaraz, Carlos Alcaraz, who's emerged as a real legitimate contender. Um, uh, won the US Open last year. I was in a really good battle with Djokovic at the French Open in the semifinals a few weeks ago, but got cramp and Djokovic got through that, um, so it'll be interesting to see if Alcaraz can put together a run on, on grass. Obviously, a, a kind of a clay quarter being brought up in Spain, but able to play on every surface, so that would be an interesting one. Is it problematic for the sport that there isn't the, the sheer scale of big names? I mean, up against Djokovic, you would struggle to find a, a Nadal or somebody of that um, status. Likewise, in the absence of Serena Williams, the women's field doesn't quite have the draw. Is there an element of the Tiger Woods effect that shorn of the big names, there won't be the same interest? Uh, yeah, obviously we have a big loss is Nadal, um, who, who's taken the rest of the year off. Um, I do think the emergence of Alcaraz is a legitimate a generational type talent. Like I think we've seen over the last 10 years, guys like a Medvedev, a Zverev, a Sitsipas, who've kind of, they've been competitive somewhat against the Djokovic's and the Nadal's, but they've never really staked a claim for being a kind of a must-see type name. Whereas I would put Alcaraz in the bracket of a guy who is as good as I've nearly seen at the age of just gone 20. Um, so on the men's side, it's great to see that. You've also got a guy called Holger Rune, who's 19, who's, I would say, just behind Alcaraz, so potentially there to challenge him over the next couple of years. So there's a couple of nice things kind of bubbling, I suppose, on the men's side. On the ladies' side, I see Caroline Wozniacki's just announced her comeback. Uh, obviously a big name over the last 10, 15 years. So definitely still in, in a bit of a transition phase, I would say, on the women's side, post-Serena. We haven't got maybe quite the same um, the same stars that we would have had when Serena and Venus were kind of in, her, in their pomp. But I'd like to see Siontek, if she can win Wimbledon, I think people will start to get a bit more name recognition with her. I don't think she's crossed over in quite the way she probably deserves to have, considering what she's done in terms of the numbers and the win streaks she's put together over the last couple of years. So hopefully we can see kind of a breakout performance from her, maybe win it a classic final, wouldn't go astray on the women's side just to get a little bit more engagement. Now, there are a lot of people who can give an analysis of Wimbledon, although not many with the, the skill and panache that you're bringing to it, Connor. but there's very few who can tell us hands-on what it's actually like to be there on the first day and getting ready for the tournament. You, of course, did that back in, in 2011. What's it like for the players at such an iconic competition? Um, yeah, look, it was it was pretty sweet. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a dream come true for me, I suppose, uh, to get it, to get there. But I suppose as an athlete, you're always kind of focused on the next thing and the next challenge. And that, for me, was trying to win my first round. So you're almost in a constant state of don't enjoy it too much. Um, so 
yeah, it was amazing, uh, but sort of slightly behind this um, veil of needing to win and, and focus on the first point and all your preparation and that. And then after the fact, you kind of go, wow. Uh, and you look back and think that was an amazing experience. And obviously then it's slightly coloured by how you do. I lost a, a five-setter that I probably should have won. Um, so slightly bittersweet. Um, but I suppose it's more going back to it. I'll be going back this weekend. I'm going to go to the middle Saturday and watch. And I love just being there and thinking to myself, look, I played in this thing and it could easily not have happened. Um, so it's a great, uh, it's a, it's an amazing tournament and it is a very special place once you get on the ground. There's no is quite it special because know why. you obviously played in, in the US Open the same year, which is a hugely significant competition. But is there something about Wimbledon or is that just from a spectator view that it seems like it brings an extra layer of pressure and import? No, the players feel it. They feel the history. And even though, you know, the French has been running just as long or whatever, it's just not the same. I don't know if it's the grass. It's the, the, there's no advertising, the fat, the seats are always completely full. There's a hush. Um, it's just a beautiful tennis club. Um, and it's sort of this, yeah, beautiful corner of, of London. And yeah, it's just very, very special. Hard to put your finger on. It's more a combination of a million different things, but there isn't a blade of grass out of place. It's, it's the Augusta of tennis, you know. And of course, it always looks so good up at the outset. By the end of the tournament, you have that, the, the patches from friction and <laughs> from sun and everything else. But at the start, you're right, the Augusta analogy is it. For the, for the players not that familiar with, with grass, how do they get themselves prepped? And what, if any, feet finding is there on the surface? Yeah, there's definitely a novelty factor to grass. A lot of players don't ever find their feet to be honest, um, if you haven't put together a run by the time you're 23 or 24, if you're an established player, um, it can get in your head. Like Casper Ruud, who's just made the final run in Garros, um, essentially just spent the last two weeks in Norway playing golf, <laughs> saying that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a game that, or it's, it's a surface that you kind of can't really fully prepare on. Um, he's got a top spin type game. It probably doesn't quite stack up for him, but I think it's sort of, it can get in your head a little bit. So um, the players like Djokovic who've won there already are already off to a, you know, they're on a big advantage. Um, I think Djokovic has won, hasn't lost um, on centre court since he lost to Murray in 2013. So it's a place where if you do feel comfortable, if you feel very comfortable. And if you don't, if you, if you don't quite find your feet in the first few years, it's hard to get it back. By the way, on uh, on that name as a, as a wrap-up, has any Murray a prayer of making any kind of a run? He's done incredible to get back. We nearly got seeded this year. He went won a couple of challengers on grass. He just missed, missed getting seeded, which would have obviously helped his draw. It means he would have avoided some top players. He's got an OK draw. Uh, he got a fellow Brit, Ryan Pennis, in first round. But, I mean, I could see him making a potentially a bit of a run, a third or fourth round, but uh, very tough with a, he has a metal hip and fought best of five sets day after day um, is going to be very, very tough for him, but incredible to see where he is. Connor, thank you very much for that. That is Connor Nyland, who is a former professional tennis player, giving us his views on Wimbledon as well as his reminiscence of having uh, played there back in 2011. And The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.